0: Thank you, Father, for your sweet presence. Oh, thank you, Jesus. We ask that, Father, you flood our hearts with the revelation knowledge of your Son, Jesus. We ask that, Father, you, uh, you fill us with the knowledge of your will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding. That we walk worthy of you, fully pleasing you. That we be fruitful in every good work. And increasing in the knowledge of God. We thank you, Father, for um, qualifying us and making us to meet, to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. We thank you, Father, that through um, knowledge, grace and peace is multiplied unto us. Father, we thank you that through these great and precious promises, we are partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is of the world through lust. We thank you, Father, that through the opening of our eyes, we reign in life as kings. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, please be seated in the heavenly realms. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. you are going to have an awesome time today. Because we're going to... We're going to preach and teach the word and we're also going to prophesy to each other. We're going to drink of the Spirit. Hallelujah. Oh, to suffer, take to Shaba. You know the days are coming where people come for meetings like this, and they will not be depending from, for a word from a man of God. They will be distributing prophetic words to the people of God. The order is changing. I'm telling you, the order is changing. The understanding of church will become more clearer people will come to church for the right reasons and for the right purpose it's a prophecy I'm giving the order is changing and the time is coming just few years from now when the church will be educated and reoriented in their minds they will have a shift of understanding of what it means to be in a church meeting and they will come to meetings to prophesy to each other not just to receive from a man of god but to supply as a joint in the body and we will see jesus christ glorified in our spirit beings and the eyes of men will be enlightened through the church and we will become a wonder to the world men will visit our meetings and they'll be wondering i ah, where am i am i in heaven Prophesy! This is what the church is going to experience. I'm a New Testament prophet, so uh, the Lord has given me the timeline of his plan for the church. The church is going to supply the spirit. No longer will it be a one-man show anymore. When the eyes of men are fixed on a man. But there's only one man that will be singing in a meeting. His name is Jesus Christ. We will draw from him and reflect what we have drawn. We will become like rivers. We will not come to church. To come tap. We will come to church to come deliver to supply to the saints and who will become rivers of living waters springs and fountains of life to man le groste la luz nendo to sangu e sta sano rambele kendestu elo orosa sa fiesini alando tusta facara vadul bla the time coming when the minister of God will prophesy in tongues and the same membership will interpret back to the church and the church will be edified and jesus will be glorified Tenando toste da ler tevezis, asando to sofampo sen vangi Tabiol stanhango. Tabyol ar tas tuvo kioto sta ka kies na makumbre vesiesenando. Kaloto sta tavigiza tu apahandi testobo. See the spirit, your spirit is clean. Your spirit is washed with pure water. Your spirit is embedded with the very life of God there is a union a nuptia, an agreement between your spirit and that of the spirit of the living God and by his presence in you he has sanctified you and washed you he has justified you and declared you holy as you live in the reality of his holiness you're going to see that a holy life will birth forth from your life and men shall see and bring glory to the king of glory Salo sahai. thank you Jesus we love you, Spirit. We love you, Spirit. We love you, Spirit. We love you, Spirit. We do not lack utterance. We don't lack utterance. We are suppliers. We are dispensers of the Spirit. We are dispensers of the New Testament. Me tulste vengras <laughs> Elala, Elala, Eza, called Bahate, Clomotos, the Clambo Tokra, Acrocos Tama, Yende de Suswata, Kala, Lera Sakaplondo Sto Susa, Mazaki Tostoma, Clabatus of Bahatiga, Lera Catastivoso, Shobran de Lanka, Tedesu Dubongo. No more will lies be preached again. No more will lies be preached again. For we will speak the truth in love. For we will speak the truth of God's word in love. And that truth is the life of God. And that life is the light of God. And that light shines into darkness. And darkness comprehended it not. Men shall see this light. And they shall be refreshed. Men shall behold this light, and they will experience the light of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And that light is the knowledge of men, and that knowledge will bring enlightenment, and men shall be refreshed. Nela Susahai. I love you, Holy Spirit. You are a sweet smell, you are a sweet fountain of life. Thank you, Jesus. For in thy presence is the fullness of joy. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, what a glory. I love you, Spirit. I love you, Spirit. Now, this morning I'm teaching on um, focusing your mind on throne room realities. Focusing your mind on throne room realities. Focusing your mind on throne room realities. I believe this teaching is really going to bless you so much. Focusing on throne room realities. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Philippians chapter 3, the verse 1. He says, finally brethren, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you, to me indeed is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Now what the apostle is saying is that It's good for the church to keep hearing the same things over and over. It is not grievous to the church. It is safe for the church. In other words, repetition is safety. Repetition is safety. You got to keep hearing the same things over and over for your safety. So, consistent teaching... Or consistent repetition in teaching is the safety of the believer. The more you hear the same things over and over, over, the more safe you are in the establishment um, in the faith. Now, Second Peter chapter one, the verse twelve. He says, "Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always." In remembrance of these things. Which things? That tells you that uh, the apostle Peter had already written them some some letters. Or had already communicated some things to, to them already. So he says, wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things. Though ye know them. So there are some truths that you already know. But. The church needs to be reminded of these same truths again. He says, and be established in the present truth. And be established in the present truth. That means there is outdated truth. It takes remembrance to be established in present truth. There are believers today who are preoccupied with outdated truth. You can still find outdated truth in the Bible. But he's saying the believer must be put into remembrance. Now, the word remembrance is the Greek word, um. Hupomimnesko. Hupomimnesko. Now, this word hupo means to recall to mind, it means to recall to mind or to remind. Or to suggest to the memory or to put in mind. That's the word remembrance. It means to put in mind or to recall to the mind or to remind. So he says, "Wherefore I will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things, though ye know them and be established in the present truth. Now look at the next verse. He says, yeah, I think it meet as long as I am in this tabernacle. In other words, he's trying to say that as long as he's alive. He called his body this tabernacle. Then he says, to stir you up by putting you in remembrance. So remembrance stirs up the believer's mind. Because it's very easy for believers to forget what they are taught. Never think you will always remember what you are taught. It is very easy for you to forget what you are taught. In fact, you can listen to a fresh message after five minutes, you can forget it. You can listen to an audio teaching and even physically as I'm teaching now, and immediately forget it. It's very easy for the human mind to forget. Because this human mind can be confused with so many thought patterns. So it's very easy to forget. That is why there is a need for remembrance or recollection. Or a recall to mind or to remind. Praise God. Now Second Peter chapter 3 the verse 1. He says this second epistles... Beloved, I now write unto you in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. Which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance. So remembrance stirs up the pure minds of a believer. To have a recall of mind stirs up your mind. So there are things you already have in your memory, but they can be lost in your memory. But when you are reminded, your mind is stirred up again to refocus on your focus. Praise God. Now look at the verse 2. He says that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken by the holy prophets. That is of the commandment of us, the apostles of our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. So I'm teaching on focusing your mind on throne room realities. Now before we go into this I need you to understand something. That the mind talking of the human mind plays a very important role in salvation and after salvation. This is very important. The mind of a man plays a very important role Both in salvation and after salvation. I advise that you make notes. If you didn't bring your notebook, um, you type something on your phone. But next time, any of our meetings, don't assume that all nights are going to be shouting. We don't shout all nights. We teach in all nights. So, you get your notebook when you're coming next time. So, the believer's mind or the mind of a man plays a very important role both in salvation and after salvation. It will shock you to know that a man can be saved, yet his mind will deny him enjoying the benefits of his redemption. A man can be born again, yet his mind can prevent him from enjoying the realities of redemption. I repeat, a man can be born again, yet his mind can prevent him from enjoying the realities of redemption. The mind is so key, it's very important because after this teaching, you need you need to give attention to the faculty of your mind because everything about your Christian journey begins in the mind. Praise God. So the problem of the church today is not the old man, it's the old mind because the, pro- the believer does not have a problem with the old man. Jesus dealt with the old man. But the problem is the old mind. Let me share some example with you. There was a mother eagle that was discovered in South Africa. It was in a zoo. This eagle was um, caught by the, the zoo attendants. And this eagle was kept in a cage for 10 solid years. For 10 good years. Now, after 10 years, they decided to let go the eagle. So they opened the cage and they removed the eagle. And they started pushing the eagle so that the eagle can fly. But something surprising or something shocking happened to the people. Now, after they brought the eagle out of the cage, the eagle did not fly. Not that it could not fly. It did not fly. So now they began to do a study on why the eagle was not flying. And they got to understand that because the eagle had been in the cage for 10 years, when it was brought out, it still had the cage mentality. So though the eagle was out of the cage, his mind was still in the cage. So, by his mind informing him that he was in a cage, he was in a cage. So, it could not fly. Do you know what caused the eagle to fly? In fact, the eagle was meant to fly. Now, this is what happened. The eagle began to hear the voice of other free eagles flying. And when the eagle heard the voice of other free eagles flying, it recognized its purpose and immediately took off and began to fly. Now, this is very interesting. Though the eagle was meant to fly, it was kept in a cage for 10 years. And though the eagle was free, yet the eagle had... A cage mentality. So though it was meant to soar in the heavens or in the air, the ego was still below. Now, isn't it amazing that that is what a lot of Christians are facing today? The Bible says, Whom the son sets free is free indeed. So the believer has been set free by Jesus. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1. He says, stand therefore in the liberty wherein Christ has made you free. So the believer has been set free by Jesus Christ. Uh, That freedom is called salvation. Salvation is freedom. Salvation is freedom. Praise God. But unfortunately, Though every believer has been saved in Christ, many believers still are caged in their minds. Their minds are, are still oriented with the old thought parting of their life in the in darkness. So though they are in their light, their minds have still grasped realities in darkness. So instead of experiencing the light of life. Their mind has caged them to experience the life of darkness. Praise God. And that is a big problem. Because it's not that you are not free. It is that your mind is not free. So that tells you that the mind of the believer is very important if It has got to do with your walk in Christ. There was a rich man who had a family, a family of uneducated men. And unfortunately, this man died. Before he died, he left a paper for them. Now, when he left this paper, he died. And these guys, in honor of this rich man, they framed the paper. In a nice glass. And they hung it in their hall. Anytime they saw the paper, they remembered the man. But they had bitterness in their heart. Because they said, this rich man is a very selfish, wicked man. This man had so much money, but died and left us nothing. So for more than 30 years of their lives, They were living in bitterness anytime they saw it. It reminded them of the wickedness of this man. And one day, a man came to visit them who was quite educated. And whilst he was having a chat with them, he was going through the pictures of the room and he came across this paper that has been framed in a glass. And he said, bring me that glass. They brought the glass to the man. He went through the glass You know what he discovered? He discovered that the paper in the glass was the wheel to all the man's properties. It was the wheel to all the man's properties. Now these people were uneducated and they saw that wheel and called the man wicked. Yet, all the man's properties were in the will. So, for 30 years of their lives, they were living a lie. They blamed the man wrongly for what he did for them before he died. Isn't it amazing that the church has been willed with Christ. But because of the uneducatedness of the church in their minds, they still blame God for some things that are happening to them, thinking that God has done nothing for them in Christ. So you find Christians blaming God for some stuffs. But the blame is not God. The blame is on education. The blame is an unrenewed mind. The blame is spiritual illiteracy. This is what has crippled the church. So, it makes the work of Jesus Christ if I should say useless of, of void. And some Christians have concluded that there is no power in the gospel. No. There is no power in your mind. Praise God. now, You see, the mind is like a building that has been demolished when a man is in Christ. The mind is like a building that has been demolished. It is the role and the duty of the believer to reconstruct that demolished building. So many Christians are comfortable living in that demolished building without doing reconstruction praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now you need to understand the power of the mind. For your information Satan is after your mind. God is after your mind. Satan is after your mind. God is after your mind. Now let's take some few scriptures. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 3. Now look at this. He says, but if our gospel is hid, it is hid to them that are lost. The word lost is actually perishing. Now look at the verse 4. He says, in whom the God of this world. Satan is called the God of this world. The word world is cosmos, which means the systems of this world. That control the heart of men. Okay? He's it not saying that Satan is the God of this earth. The Bible says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. the Lord. So Satan is not the God of this earth. He's the God of the cosmos. The word cosmos is systems, fashions that affect or rule the heart of men. So remember, in the temptation of Jesus Christ, Satan took Jesus Christ to um, um, a high place and he showed him the kingdoms of this world. And he says, if you bow, I will give it to you. If you bow to me, I will give it to you. Now many a times people think that it was fiscal buildings he were showing him. Now Jesus did not need fiscal buildings and the devil knew it so the kingdoms he was showing him was actually the heart of men the Bible says the kingdom of God does not come through observation remember now will one say here it is or there it is he says for the kingdom of God is within you so the kingdom of God is the heart of men so what Satan showed to Jesus was the heart of men he says if you bow to me I will give you the heart of men because it was given to me how? through Adam And Jesus says, hey, I don't need to bow to you to get the heart of men. I will die for them to win their hearts. (laughs) Praise God. So, Satan is the God of this world in a sense of he's the God of the fashions and the system or the arrangement or the political structure that controls the heart of men. So Satan is the ruler of the hearts of men. So now he says, in whom the God of this world has blinded. Now look, the minds of them which believe not. So those who don't believe the gospel are blinded. Those who don't believe the gospel hand over the keys to Satan to blind them. So, he's saying, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds. So, that tells you that Satan needs your mind. Look, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. Lest, why does he blind them when they don't believe? Lest the light of the glorious gospel the image of God the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God should uh-uh, should one more time should come on shall they should shine on them so what does it mean Should shine upon them shall shine upon their minds Should shine upon their minds now look at the next verse. He says, For we preach not ourselves but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Next verse. He says, For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our heart. Now, first of all he says, the God of this world has blinded the minds of them who do not believe. Now he says, For it is God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness who has shone in our hearts." Now that tells you there is a link between the mind and the heart. That tells you the door to the heart is the mind. When a man is preaching the gospel, people's minds must get to him before he gets into their heart. People must give the person preaching or the one speaking, they must give him their minds before he gets into their hearts with the message. So the link between the mind and the heart is that the mind is the doorway into the heart. That is why your mind is very important. It's the doorway into your heart. That is why Satan needs it. And God also needs it. If Satan blinds the mind, God can't get into your heart. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, Acts chapter 17, the verse 11. Now, he says, These were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Now, in those times, when we were reading this verse, we thought uh, the word noble means that... uh, they were noble in a sense of they studying the scriptures. He says these were more noble than those in Thessalonica. Now, the word noble actually means educated. So, he was saying that the Berean church were noble in a sense that they were highly educated people. So, he says they were noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word with all readiness of mind. And search the scriptures daily whether those things were so. Now, he used the word readiness of mind. In other words, preparedness of mind. That tells you it is the readiness of mind that brings the word into the heart of a man. Hallelujah. The readiness of a mind receives the word into the heart. So first of all, the mind is so important because it's the door into your heart. If God gets your mind, he gets your heart. If Satan gets your mind, he gets your heart. And guess what? The Bible says, out of the heart springs the issues of life. That means the issues of life begins from the mind. So the mind is the doorway to the heart and out of the heart springs the issues of life. So the issues of a man's life in terms of salvation, in terms of decision making, in terms of uh, doing anything begins from the mind. Praise the Lord. You see, that is why the Christian must be found or must be fond of renewing his mind. The Christian must be found and must be fond of renewing his mind. Praise God. Now come to Ephesians, uh, Romans chapter 12, verse 2. Come to the verse 1 first. Now watch this. He says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Now, look at the next verse. He says, be not conformed to this world. So, now, for him to say, be not conformed to this world, that means a Christian can conform to this world. Praise God. The word "conform" means to comply. It means to subject yourself with the system of this world. So it says, do not conform to this world. So there is, a, there is a tendency for a believer to conform to the pathing of this world. Because this world is heading towards somewhere. And believers can comply. They can comply. Oh, we are all human beings. Who said so? We are all not human beings. You are complying, that's why you're making this confession. So, when, when someone says, um, um, We are all not human beings, they say, Oh, you two don't sound spiritual. You are complying, that's what is happening to you. So, you get intimidated when people are still standing on the grounds on their faith, and you are complying. Someone says, Oh, we all fall sick. It's normal. We all get sick. You get sick. So when well, he says, No, I don't get sick, he says, So oh, stop the two. No, we all get you are complying. You are conforming to this world because this world believes that everybody should get sick. They say, Oh, once you are in this world, there yeah, you 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 sin, there yeah, you all sin. Who says so? So, you see, that, that that mentality, that mindset is now governing your life. Once you are in this world, we will all sin. So, that is how you have programmed your mind. You will sin. David said, thy word have I hit in my heart that I may not sin. So, a man can live a life without sinning. So, because of the weaknesses in your life, you feel everybody should sin. You need reorientation. So you have complied. And you see, it's very easy to to make your mindset contagious. I have vowed to make my understanding and mindset contagious to people. You can't affect me with your conformity to this world. One time, I had some issue with my stomach, and my wife said I should take medicine. I said, "I'm not going to take medicine. I won't continue the rest." <laughs> I said, "I won't take it. I won't continue the rest." Back and forth, back and forth, back. I said, "I ain't taking it. I am healed in Jesus' name." Guess what? I was still battling and she was waiting to win (laughs) I told you take the medicine by the grace of God I won. It left me, it left me, it left me listen when you begin building when you begin renewing your mind You see, renewing of your mind is actually what sets faith rolling. You see, the believer does not need additional faith. He needs additional knowledge. Because knowledge sets your faith in motion. What you know sets your faith in motion. So the believer does not need more faith. He needs more knowledge. He needs more renewal. He needs more understanding. That is what he needs. So if you start thinking like this, listen, you, in your lifetime, God wants you to educate your mind to a point where you don't think like an ordinary man. And the truth of the matter is that you are not ordinary. That is it. You are not ordinary. You ain't ordinary. Now, um, come to um, 1 Corinthians chapter 3. Let me just digress a little. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, the verse 1 to 3. look he says and I brethren could not speak unto you as on the spiritual so he was trying to tell them they are spiritual but he could not speak unto them as on the spiritual so so, there are some there are some things we cannot share with some people that tells you even the the world of God is in dimensions he says as unto, but as unto canna, even as unto babes in Christ. So there are babes in Christ. Look at the next verse. He says I have fed you with milk. The word milk is less difficult Truth, He says and not with meat. That's solid food. For hitherto you were not able to bear it. Neither yet now are you able. Look at the next verse. Oh, I love this thing. Oh, he says, For ye are yet canal, for whereas there is among you envying and strife and divisions. Are ye not canal? Look and walk as men. He didn't get this. He says, Are ye not canal and walk as men? What is he telling you? The believer is not a normal man. So carnality makes you live a normal life. So carnality is normality. Spirituality is abnormality. (laughs) You become stubborn in the faith. (laughs) He says are you not Well, So that means a believer can live in envy. This is how he has programmed his mind that the progress of men should affect my life. He can live in division. He can live in competition comparing his life to others when he's supposed to see himself in Christ. Listen, when a man is not satisfied with who he is in Christ, he looks to men and compares himself and grades himself with men. That's the problem. When you don't receive your satisfaction and completion in Christ, you begin to compete with men. If you find anybody who has a competitive spirit, it's simply because he has not found out how complete he is in Christ. And he says, are you not cannot and walk as men? He's telling you a believer must not walk as man. So if all men take medicine, it doesn't mean you should take medicine. I'm not saying don't take medicine. It's, you see, you for know your level a normal level. But you see, you must upgrade, you must upgrade, so you must get to a point where you don't need medicine to deal with headache. Then gradually you move to the next dimension when you don't need medicine to deal with malaria. Are you seeing that? Why you don't need medicine to deal with heart issues? Why you don't need medicine to deal with problems in your waist? You see, it's a place. You can grow there. You can grow there. I remember one guy. I can't forget him. He's called Philip. Philip. This guy started walking in new creation realities. He says he will never take medicine. He will never take medicine. I know who I am. (laughs) <laughs> you know you can keep saying I know who I am until the issue happens <laughs> when nothing has happened you can easily say it I know who I am but when you are shaky your body is hot heated your head is aching you are if they are drumming in your head then you know whether you know who you are or not and This guy had malaria day one, Lada Kobo Shanda Philip. Oh, God, no, O-K-O-F-A. the life of Christ is in my spirit day two. Philip, oh, God, in Korchofa Labaraba Shala Kabolo Lolo be, Lolo Day three, Philip, oh, God, in Korchofa Labaco Robo Robo He's shaking they Philip! Oh, God In court, Re mama. Re mama. Re mama. The guy was in the bed. Now we don't hear the guy's voice again. Day five. Everybody was watching him. Superman in Christ. I know who I am now. Nobody was money him again. He called, he called the case, sister. But, yeah, I hate you for me. <laughs> He said, Ah, <laughs> and the sister said, Ah, but God called you, but change your mind go to fuck Philip Philip you think it's easy it's not easy it's not easy when when (laughs) listen when you begin to walk in realities like that it's a training it's as though a baby that is crawling and beginning to walk it won't always go smooth but you must keep the consistency now this is what healed me of eye problem you should have seen me wearing glasses by now it affected me when I was in a academy I was I, I couldn't do anything without glasses if I take off my glasses two things will happen I can't see where Number two, I'm going to have severe migraines. Severe. I mean, excruciating pain. And I completed SS. I started hearing new creation realities. I said, I'm not putting on these glasses again. So I removed it because I saw a scripture in um, Deuteronomy where it says, And Moses was 120 years old. Neither was his uh, natural strength abated, nor his eyes dim." i said moses age 120 his eyes was not dim nor his natural strength gone in other words at 120 his energy was like 30. and i said me it is over with glasses and i remember so well i took the glasses folded the glasses and i placed it in a cup in my room Wahala begins the pain worsened i couldn't watch tv the pain can become so serious I can't walk. I can't go anywhere. And I'll still lie on the bed. Put my hands on my eyes. I'm healed in Jesus' name. I'm healed. And I, keep, I kept saying what I saw in the book of Deuteronomy. Moses was 120 years old. Neither was his natural strength abated. Nor his eyes dimmed. I kept confessing it. And the pain worsened. Worsened. I still confessed it. And I'll go close to where the, the glasses are. And I'll speak to the glasses. I'm not wearing you again. And this is a true story. Yo. Guess what? After two months, I forgot that I was healed. You, you would not understand what I'm saying. I forgot. In other words, it didn't come to mind I was healed. I was living normal life without glasses and I forgot that I was not wearing glasses. By the time I realized, it was two months. And since then to today, I read perfectly well. Perfectly well without glasses. And I'll still be 100 years without glasses. (laughs) It's real, man. It's real. This life is real. Until you start practicing, you will not experience it for yourself. Listen, until you start practicing, you think the testimonies of others are lies. Until you start practicing, you will think the testimonies of others are lies. I'm telling you. But it all begins by renewal through the knowledge of Christ. Am I teaching you here? So in Ephesians chapter 2, th- th- 12, the verse 2, he says, And be not conformed, That means comply to this well. Don't talk like this world. Don't comply with the standard of this world. It's easy to comply. Because we are surrounded with so much carnality in this world. I'm telling you, we are surrounded by carnality. So it's easy to comply. It's easy to say, I am broke, I am poor. I am sick. It's very easy because we are surrounded with environments like that. We are living in a world where nobody rebukes you for saying you are sick. They rather pity with you. Oh, oh. Tell me, what is wrong? Yeah, I can see the confirmation. Your eyes are yellow. That's how this world has been programmed. To... To, you know, you are sick. Should we prepare um, light soup for you? Or oh, lie down. We entertain sickness. It's a system we have in this world. And it's normal for Christians too. So, when a Christian starts acting who he is who he is, they say he's too known or he's proud. Meanwhile, this is your life in Zion. The Bible says, No one in Zion shall say, I am sick. So those who live in Zion, which we are, don't accept sickness. So you see, in the New Testament, sickness is a choice. You, you can oh but susha. Oh but come someone, put your faith to work. Come on, shout it. Put your faith to work. Glory. Say, I'm born of God. The life of Jesus is in my spirit. Thank you, Lord. He says, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed. Be transformed. It's from the word metamorphosis or metamorpho which means a change in quality so that believer can change in quality and that change is not in his spirit. That change is in his understanding influenced in the soul which affects the expression of his body. He says be transformed. Be transfigured, be changed in quality by the renewing of your mind. So, the believer needs renewal of mind, renewal of mind, renewal. Say, renewal Renewal. of mind. Come on, shall renewal Renewal. of mind. Come on, shall renewal Renewal. of mind. mind. You see, renewal of mind does not come by confession. I renew my mind in Jesus' name. It's nonsense. We renew our mind by renewing our mind. Hallelujah! So he says, "Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove." What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God? You hear believers saying, Lord, prove your will in my life. Lord, prove your will. Prove your will in my life. And God is also saying, you prove your will in my life. Look, he says that you may prove the will of God. So God does not prove his will in the life of believers. You prove his will in your life. I didn't say it. He says, be renewed in your mind that he may prove. So when a a believer's mind is renewed, he proves God's will. Now, how is his mind renewed? His mind is renewed when he exchanges his thoughts with God's thoughts. When he changes or replaces his mindset with God's mindset. When God's mindset takes over his mind, then he proves the will of God in his life. Why? Because when the believer's mind is in conformity with God's mind, he will do God's will. It's so simple. The Bible says, Delight the Lord, delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, many Christians think that okay, when I delight myself in the Lord God will give me the desires the of my heart which is car and house. If you read that scripture carefully He says delight yourself in the Lord. In other words, let God's delight be your delight. He says and he shall give you the desires of your heart. You know what it means? When you delight yourself in the Lord God's desires becomes your desire. <laughs> Are you seeing that? When you you delight yourself in the Lord, his desires becomes your desire. So the desires he gives you are his desires. I delight myself in the Lord. Hallelujah. Now look at something about the mind in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17. Now look, he says, "This I say therefore, and testify in the Lord, that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind." He is describing the state of the mind in the fall. He is describing the state of the mind without Christ. That mind is vain, is vanity. So he says, don't walk as the Gentiles in the vanity of the mind. That means you are not a Gentile. You are a child of God. You are born of God. The Spirit of God lives in you. So he says, without Christ, your mind is vain. Full of vanity. Look at the next verse. Now, he says, having their understanding darkened. In other words, without Christ, a man's understanding mindset is darkened. Darkened. Look, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Woo. Next verse. He says, Who being past feeling have given themselves over to lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness? Look, I love this. But ye have not so learned Christ. That means there are some things you can learn when you are in Christ. You can be trained and educated in Christ in your mind. He says you have not learned so of Christ. So there are some some things that when you are in Christ you don't learn again. Ye have not so learned of Christ. Now look at the next verse. He says if so that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. (laughs) I wish I could explain this more. Look at the next verse. Look. That he put off concerning the former conversation of the old man, which is corrupt according to the deceitful lust. Now he's not saying try and put off your old man. Because your old man has already been crucified. And you have the new man in your spirit. When he's saying put off concerning, he's trying to say do that putting off in your mind. Are you seeing that? Do the putting off in your mind. Because the putting off in the old man, in your spirit has already been put off. So when he's telling you to put off, he's telling you this is an activity you're engaging in the mind. How? Look at the next verse. How do you do this? And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That's how you put it off. You change your thoughts with God's thoughts. That's how you renew your mind and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Tell someone be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Come on, shall be be renewed in the spirit. Of your mind be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now shake the blessing. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Hallelujah. Be renewed. Renew. 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 Are you getting it? Re what? New, renew, renew. Now remember your spirit is already a new creation. But your mind still has old creation mentality. So it says renew your mind. In other words, let your mind align with the state of your spirit. Let your mind be in agreement with the reality of your spirit. That's what it means. So your spirit is already new. But your mind is not yet. So make your mind new. That's the meaning of renewal. So your mind must align with the reality of your spirit. Your mind must align with the reality of your new recreated born again spirit which is in Christ Jesus. That's renewal. Letting your mind conform to the reality of your spirit in Christ. Tell someone I'm born again. again. You see, when you got born again, Many things happened to you at a go. You were saved. You were redeemed. You were sanctified. You were forgiven. You were sealed with the spirit. You were indwelt by the Holy Ghost and you are in Christ. And Christ is in you. You are circumcised. You are baptized. All these realities happen once. But renewal sets your mind to understand what has taken place already in your spirit. So when your mind is renewed, you begin to walk as the reality of your spirit is. You see that? So, the work of the believer cannot happen effectively without the renewal of his mind. If you find a believer living constantly in sin, it's because he has a problem of unrenewer. If you see a a believer walking in envy, walking in lust, walking in lasciviousness, walking in drunkenness, he has not been renewed. That's his problem. He hasn't been educated. He said, You have. Not so land of Christ. He has not been tutored, he, he has not been tutioned. He has not been discipled. He has not been renewed. In his mind. Praise God. Hallelujah. Come on, hallelujah. Now look at Ephesians chapter 2 the verse 3. You see, you need to understand that, now watch me. Man is a spirit, he has a soul and he lives in the body. Your soul is actually a, a compartment of your mind, your will and your emotion. Now, before salvation, your spirit was in sin and death. And your spirit was ruled by Satan. Satan was your master and your spiritual father. So Satan had control of how your mind should think. Are you seeing that? He gave you a mindset, a darkened mindset of wickedness. Now, when you got born again, your spirit was born again. God gave you a new spirit. Mm. Ezekiel chapter twenty-six, the verse twenty-five. This scripture really blessed me. I've read it several times for several years but I saw it in a new light when I started reading from 25. Now I don't read Ezekiel 36 from 26 again. I read it from 25. Because there's something I saw there which really struck me. He says, then I will sprinkle clean water upon you. Now anytime you're reading the Old Testament, remember the Old Testament prophets were prophesying about and his plan of salvation. So, All the terms that were used in the New Testament books, you need to apply them when reading the Old Testament. Now, in the New Testament books, when you read the book of John, what is water? Represents what? The spirit. Or salvation. Or cleansing. So, he says, I will sprinkle clean water upon you. What is he saying? I will save you. I will make you born again. Remember, Jesus with the woman at the well, Jesus said to her, If you know who it is that asks you for water, you would have asked him and he would have given you what? What? Springs of living water. He says, If you drink of this water, you will test again. But whoever shall drink of the water that I shall give shall be in him a well springing unto eternal life. So what is the water again? Eternal life. What is the water? The spirit. What is the water? Salvation. So he says, I'll sprinkle clean water. What is he saying? I'll give you eternal life. Upon you and you shall be clean. What is salvation? Clean. I'm clean. That's salvation. From all your filthiness. So the believer is no longer filthy. He's born again. He's righteous. And. So sheke ma bora. sheke. He says, from all your filthiness and I'll also cleanse you from all your idols. Look, from all your idols will I cleanse you. So the believer was saved from idols in Christ. He didn't get this. He does not need to break powers. He does not need to break idols in his family. He says, from your idols will I cleanse you. (laughs) He didn't get this one. didn't get this i'm excited he says from your idols will i cleanse you so you don't need to do extra work you do understand this from your idols will i cleanse you do you have idols in your life no you are you are shy to say it you are afraid to say it do you have idols in your life Many believers are scared to, to, to admit it because you have, been, you have been reoriented wrongly. That the idols in your family are more powerful than you yourself. Yet God's word says I will cleanse you from all your idols. Are you cleansed? Yes, from all your idols? Yes, sir. Then say it. I'm cleansed I'm from cleansed. all idols. From all idols. So there are no idols working and operating in your life. Mm. hey chai! <laughs> I'm cleansed from all my idols, man. Shalom i cleansed. Come on, shot I'm cleansed. Come on, Shalom I'm cleansed. How about shot I'm cleansed. From all my idols, this is really a blessing, man. I had to stop to read this over and over. Cleanse from all my idols, idols that stop people from marriage. I'm cleansed from all my idols, idols that prevent people from completing school. I am cleansed from all my idols. Idols in the family that prevents people not from not to have jobs. I am cleansed from all my idols. Idols that prevent people from from progressing. I am cleansed from all my idols. I am cleansed from all my idols. I am cleansed from all my idols. Child, I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed from all my idols. Rich, I'm cleansed. Sha, I'm cleansed. Linda, I'm cleansed. Populumpo, I'm cleansed. Evan, I'm cleansed. From all my idols. I'm clean from idols I'm clean from idols man I'm clean, lift your hands, I'm clean come on, shout I'm clean from idols, I'm clean from family idols I'm clean, so they could have it so say, they could have it but I don't have it so you see this is, this is what affects a New Testament prophet. After seeing this in the scriptures, I can't come and look at your face again and tell you I see an idol working. The Bible says, unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you ask or think, according to the power that worketh. So it's not an idol working, it's the power working. But you see, unto your mind, grasp this reality. Your life might not be consistent with what we are teaching. That is when believers hear teachings like this and they begin to compare. Stop comparing. You can't compare realities with experiences. I'm cleansed. I'm cleansed. From all my idols. So so if you're trusting God for a breakthrough and it has delayed, don't say it is my idols working against me. Because from the scriptures, you know you have been cleansed from idols. You see, you see, the devil is so smart, okay? When he begins, when you begin going through certain problems, then he begins to remind you. Have you not heard what is going on in your family? Have you not heard that your mother's side is not good? Your paterna and materna. Have you not realized that your mother did not marry? That is why your marriage has delayed. Have you not realized that your mother's mother also did not marry? And your mother's 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 mother also did not marry? Then now you start thinking, hey, what is happening to me? What is happening to me? you are using your mind wrongly. You are complying. I can't comply. Because I'm cleansed from all my idols. I'm cleansed from all my idols. Please be seated. Let's finish this thing. Please go home and go and be reading this thing Oh, Listen, go and read this. Read it. Read it. Clean, clean, I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed, I'm cleansed from all my idols. Idols, you, you know what Paul said? I don't want to tell you. <laughs> Come to verse Corinthians chapter 8. I didn't want to tell you but I'll tell you. I'll tell you. Hey, la, 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 Oof. <laughs> hey okay. now look. He says, Now, as touching things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge profit up, but charity, which is love, edify it. Look at the next verse. <laughs> hey. And if any man think that he knoweth anything, he knoweth nothing as yet as he ought to know. Next verse. He says, if any man love God, the same is known of him. Are you ready for the bomb? He says, as concerning therefore the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is none other but one God. I read again. As concerning, therefore, the things, uh, the eating of those things that are offered in sacrifice to who? To who? To who? Idols. Look. We know. So it is something your mind must come to know. He says we know that an idol is nothing. Hold on. In the world. And that there is none other God but one. one. An idol is you see it takes New Testament revelation to appreciate this. An idol is so today a lot of people are making idols something. Now we, we want to compare two-sided understanding. Can we push it? Now to us, we know that an idol is Latin. Hold on. Next verse. He says, For though there be that are, co- <laughs> 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 are Though there be that are called gods, whether in heaven or on earth, as there be gods many and lost many. Look at the next. But to us, there is one God. He says, we know that there, there, there could be many gods in heaven or on earth, but to us, there is only one. We don't recognize idols. the five again. Oh, it's, it was not my message. Now he says, "Look, he says, for though there be that are called gods, gods, whether in heaven or in earth, as there be gods many and lords many." Next verse but to us. You see, there could be, but to us. So they could tell you your family is no good, but to us. So this is a personal revelation. It's a personal understanding. But to us. So listen, he's not forcing you to agree or not agree. But to us, there is but what? One God. The Father of whom are all things, and we in, so we are not in any idol. And one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we by next verse. Here is the problem. Here is the problem. He says, how be it there is not in every man that knowledge? (laughs) So you see, here's the problem. How be it not every Christian has this knowledge? Hey, so there are diversities and classes of knowledge in Christ and in salvation. So some would love to roll on the ground to be delivered. We understand. He says, how be it, there is not in every man that knowledge. What knowledge? The the gods of this world are what? Nothing. But how many gods? There be many gods, but to us, there's what one? he says how be it not every man has this knowledge that's the problem for some look with conscience of the idol so they are believers who are conscious of idols in their lives so he says for some with conscious with conscience of the idol unto this are it as a thing offered to an idol and their conscience being weak is defiled so believers, they are believers who can think that they are idols in their life and they defile their conscience. So they empower the gods with so-called gods to ask there's only one. So listen, what you acknowledge, you receive. Hmm. In other words, okay, let's move to the next verse. He says, but meat commended us not to God. For neither if we eat are we better. That means if we eat food offered to idols. Now, those days, when we were kids, my mother would forbid us from eating pepule, pepule food. No you know is It's gan o whole. They said it's offered to idols. Now, with this understanding, he was saying that we can eat it, but not everyone had this knowledge. My mother didn't have this knowledge. Now that I have this knowledge, those times when it was time for Sanlah, they said, Don't eat Sandler food, don't eat Sandler food. They have cursed all the animals and they are exchanging your blessing. Don't eat Sandler food. How be it? <laughs> so, to us now, when we are eating Sandler meat, to us it is meat. <laughs> normal meat. Every meat is every creature is of God and is good. But not everyone has this knowledge. There are those whose conscience says that this food was offered to an idol so I will eat. And they are defined by that knowledge and when they eat, something might happen. Are you seeing this technicality? So look, he says But meat commended us not to God. For neither if we eat, are we the better. Neither if we eat not, are we the worse. (laughs) Next verse. (laughs) He says, look, but take heed, lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. So they're taking heed. Is that there is a certain liberty. So, there are believers who have a certain liberty knowing that God's in their family don't happen to them. That's the liberty they enjoy. So, when they go to certain churches and they see people screaming, screaming, making up, they're like, "Ah, what is happening here? It's not my life. I don't experience this. What's happening? What's happening? There are people who sleep. Demons press their neck. It's not my experience. Why should they press your neck? What do you do to them? <laughs> Why should they press your neck? They stretch you round, then you wake up, your body pains. Why? have a prophet friend. Anytime I see him, he's spilled. When he ask what is wrong, he say, Charlie, attacks now, Dawson. Attacks, attacks, attacks. Bro, fasting Bro, bro, die. Attacks were not a day. I wish I could teach him, but this guy is unteachable. Because I've been through the same before. And I'm out. So I want to help him come out. But it he, he seems he's enjoying the attacks. He feels like a man of God in the attacks. Because if you, if you are not attacked, you are not a man of God. So people feel that a man of God must not sleep well. He must be attacked, then you wake up. Laba, daba, laba, daba, laba. Listen, some of us can wake up normally without anything and still pray. <laughs> because to us, we have some liberty, we have understood something. So he says, but take heed. So he's giving a believer who knows this thing a warning lest by any means this liberty of yours become a stumbling block to them that are weak. Who are those who are weak? Look at the next verse. He says, For if any man see that you which has knowledge sit in the meat in the idol's temple. That means a believer can enter into a temple dedicated to idols and go and take their meat and eat it. They said this river, nobody baths there. Uh, A believer can enter. Who has this knowledge? But a believer who does not have this knowledge, he will enter and not return. (laughs) (laughs) Apostle Paul is dangerous. He says, for if any man see thee, which has knowledge. So the thing is, is either you have the knowledge or not. Do you see this? (laughs) Sit at meat in the idol's temple. So the idol's house, that's where you are sitting in Gaza. Chopping the meat. So to some, when you have a dream and you are eating meat in a dream, it is witchcraft. But to us, to us, it is party 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 papa Tolo beef <laughs> if you bring chicken we go chop up you bring wale we go chop up you bring fufu and a benkwai we go suck him. <laughs> they will demand for don simon <laughs> listen the day i started eating food in my dream then thing stopped i said why did you stop eh why did you stop I they enjoy you why We have better understanding. Free 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 He said, He said, He said, He said, Spirit come and sleep with you. Uh, hey, 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 listen, listen, listen. A believer is Christ. Same life in Christ is what in him, so God's life is in him. So if you sleep with me, whose parents enter you? Let's see if you can survive. If the life of God enter you, see me, every devil, my family, i bring the food, oh, bring the food. Bring the meat oh, bring the fufu to Me chichabiyamao. Chichabiyamao. Fufu and goat meat. Because we have a better understanding. The Bible calls the word of God strong meat. So if you are eating strong meat in dream, what are you eating? The word. But, he, but the problem is he, someone who listened to this teacher said this guy he doesn't know what he's talking about you see but this knowledge is not in every man have it so this is what I use when I go to other churches who don't have this understanding so that we could help others we encourage them <laughs> you see what I said I struggle to that here. But when I go there me Tifris are pies here I pie spiritually <laughs> spiritually <laughs> Look, he says shall not the conscience of him which is weak be emboldened to eat those things which are offered to idols. In other words, if for example, I have this knowledge and I enter into the shrine and I eat the meat and a believer with weak conscience, who doesn't have this knowledge, sees that me, I'm eating. He also says, okay, and then it's okay to eat. Then he also go and eat The next morning, his stomach has become like a pregnant man. <laughs> what have you done? Look at the next verse. What you have done? And through thy knowledge shall thy weak brother what? Perish. So your knowledge can end up another believer perishing. (laughs) It's a serious matter here. Whom? Christ who? Did what? Died. Hey! Look at the next verse. But when ye saw sin against the brethren and wound their weak conscience, he sin against Christ. Hey, look at how we sin against Christ in the New Testament. Too. When we don't salvage our knowledge in the midst of brethren who have weak conscience. So there are those who have strong conscience. How? They have had a revelation. They know, but we know. So we can enter an idol shrine with a perception and understanding that there's only one God, there's no God. This is understanding Paul had. He went to Athens and he saw showed written to an unknown God and the whole town was given to idol worship. Paul did not say all of you bring your gods. Let me deal with you and cast out and break all of them. He preached the gospel because to him there are no gods. There's only one God. So it says, how be it? Don't let this your knowledge become a stumbling block. There are sometimes there are some things you know, but in the midst of brethren who have a weak conscience, don't do it. That's what the Bible is saying. There was a time in the midst of my pastor friends, they were praying, they said, and they said that let's pray and ask for forgiveness of sin so that whatever we have done, whether sin of omission or commission, let's pray. And Ask God for it. And in the midst, we were all close. So I said, Father, please, we thank you for, for your forgiveness. I didn't shout it. I said, Thank you for forgiveness. But they were doing it. Now, imagine if I have this understanding. I say, Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> listen, listen, <laughs> <laughs> listen. My bone, the mountain has Or you are in the midst of your brethren. Maybe you have understood this. You got your hostel. Now, the believer is already forgiving. We don't need to ask to receive forgiveness of sins. You understand this thing. Then your brother is is asking. That's his knowledge. He says, no, no, no. In the new time, we don't ask it. We don't ask it. Go ahead. Then he also says, oh, we don't ask it. okay. So to his understanding, it means you can sing. There's nothing wrong. Before you realize, the guy is singing grand star. You don't understand what's happening. Then soon, the guy enters into a serious problem. Because you did not take your time to allow your knowledge to educate and raise the guy, your knowledge rather became a stumbling block to the guy. And we have many Christians like that. When you receive new knowledge, take your time. Don't puff up with that understanding. Be matured in this understanding. Sometimes you can see people operating in error, but relax. Relax. Be patient, because just like God was patient with you, be patient with him. And let him grow. If he's teachable, teach him gradually. If he's not teachable, leave him. Look at the next verse. Paul said, If meat maketh my brother to offend, I will not eat meat. Hey! I will not eat flesh, while the world stands, lest I make my brother to offend. So in other words, if meat, eating meat, offered to idols, will cause my brother to perish. I won't eat it. Not because I can't eat it, but I won't because of him. So you see, he's telling you that love precedes knowledge. So your knowledge must be outlived in love. That is why me, I can preach anywhere. I can survive anywhere. If you take me to Methodist, I will preach Methodist message. Yet, I will not compromise. I'm still preaching Christ. You don't even hear me mentioning grace, but I'm preaching grace. Yeah. <laughs> Could it? Could it? I'll tell you your sins past, present, future are forgiven LGCC. I'll go to Pentecost and say your sins are forgiven. <laughs> the, same the same thing, you know, same But how I carved it. By the time you realize, I'm going to Knowledge, please be seated. And let's finish this thing. I've actually not started my message, oh, so let's use 15 minutes to finish it. Okay, all right. So, the word of God educates the mind of the believer. I've told you when a man is born again, his spirit becomes a new creation. That spirit that becomes a new creation doesn't grow in size please understand it people think spiritual growth means that your spirit will move from one year old to five years old and your spirit will grow from two inches to five inches so when we are talking of spiritual baby we mean that when you are born again your spirit is in-ye, 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 and then you are going to eat milk and then your spirit will grow then your spirit is growing tall. Tall. Tall, taller, tallest. When you are born again, your spirit is exactly like Christ. Your spirit is matured. Your spirit looks like Christ. You have eternal life in your spirit. Your spirit is the very image of Christ. Are you following this? Your spirit is sealed. Your spirit is a new creation. Your spirit is forgiving. But you see, the growth is in your understanding of that reality. So what you increase in is your knowledge and understanding of who you are in the spirit. That is spiritual growth. So when we are saying renewal of mind is the same as growth we grow in understanding oh oh second peter 3:18 he says but grow in grace how that is in the knowledge of our law so spiritual growth is growing in knowledge it is not your spirit changing it's your understanding changing are you getting this It's your understanding changing. Now look at Hebrews chapter 5, verse 11. He says, Of whom concerning Melchizedek we have many things to say and have to be uttered, seeing that ye are dull of hearing. That means dull of understanding. Next verse. He says, For when for the time ye ought to be teachers, ye have need that one teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and I become such that have need of milk and not strong meat. Look at the definition of a baby Christian. He said, For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness. He does not understand righteousness, which is by faith in Christ. He doesn't understand it. That is why he's a baby. <laughs> you get it? So, the reason why he's a babe is not because his spirit is small, he's a babe because he has not understood righteousness by faith. That's why he's a babe. Let's look at who are spiritually matured man. Is. Look, F- but strong meat belongs to them that are full age. The word full age is perfect or matured. How not increment in size. Who by reason of use have their senses, spiritual senses, exercise the knowledge to discern, to judge both good and evil. That's how you realize the mind is grown. He has used the faculty of his senses, his mind, his understanding to discern both good and evil. Praise God. So spiritual growth is in your thought. It's in your thought. How your thought begins to increase, and it is replaced by the revelation knowledge of Jesus. That's spiritual growth. Ephesians chapter four, verse eleven. Let's look at that quickly. He says he gives some apostles, some prophets, some teachers, some evangelists, some pastors, uh huh, for the word perfecting, catastems, which means what? Finishing and completion. For the furnishing of the saints, That's spiritual growth. God gave us ministry gifts to perfect us, to furnish us, and to complete us. That's the growth. How? For the work of ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Uh Uh-huh. Till we all come to the... He didn't say that till we all spiritually grow as in uh, our spirit changes. He says till we all come to the unity of the faith. That is... Of the knowledge of the Son of God. That's the growth. The knowledge of the Son of God. When a man comes to the knowledge of the Son of God. He's maturing Unto a perfect man. So the man is already perfect. So you come unto that perfect man through knowledge. Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. So the fullness of Christ is permanent. We come to that fullness through knowledge. First Corinthians 14, 20. I think this one will sort out the whole thing. Look, he says, Brothering, be not children in <laughs> In So, a child, a baby Christian is a baby in Understanding. He says, be not children in understanding. So, who is a baby? One who has not understood. So, be not children in understanding. How be it in wickedness? Be children. He says, doing bad things, be a child. But in understanding, be men. How do we become mature? By understanding. We are men by understanding. When we have understanding, we are men. (laughs) Are you seeing this? So, spiritual growth is not the growth of your spirit. It's your growth of Understanding, which is a faculty of the mind. Tell someone I'm growing. So, what is happening to you right now is spiritual growth. So many people don't know they are growing, but they are growing. So, someone will listen to this teaching and say, Man of God, I want to grow spiritually. What just happened to you? You are growing. So man of God, I want to repent. What just happened to you? Repent means change of mind. So, when I'm preaching the gospel, you are repenting. Tell someone I'm repenting. So, repentance is actually renewal of mind. It's not change of behavior. So, repentance is not change of behavior, but repentance will change your behavior. <laughs> repentance is not change of behavior, but repentance will change your behavior. Because when your mind and understanding changes, it changes how you behave. Is somebody following this thing? Colossians chapter 3, verse 10. Look, he says, and have put on the new man. So we have already put on the new man. You see, many Christians are not new man conscious. That is the problem. They are not new man conscious. You must be conscious of the new man in you. Because you are a new man. You have a new man. Tell someone I have a new man. He says, and I've put on. You have put it on. You have a new man on you. So if you're in a car, the car is shaking, going to have an accident. Don't say, hey, all of us are going to die. All of you are not going to die. There's a new man in the car. There's a new man around. When there's trouble, think of new man first. I'm a new man. I'm not a mere man. I'm a new man. He says, and I've put on a new man, which is renewed in knowledge. Are you seeing? He's telling you the new man is already on, but the old mind is still there. So renew the new man, renew the new mind with knowledge. Look, after the image of him that created him. So he's saying, renew the old mind with the knowledge of your new image. Who is Christ? And I've put on the new man which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Who created him? Christ. And that Christ is your image. So it says renew your mind with that image of him that created him. Renew it with the mindset of Christ. Did you follow that? Philippians chapter 4 verse 8. The problem is in the believer's thoughts. What are your thinking pathing? Look, he says, finally, my brethren. Whatsoever things are what? True. Whatsoever things are honest. Whatsoever things are just. Whatsoever things are pure. Whatsoever things are lovely. Whatsoever things are of good report. If there be any virtue. And if there be any praise, think on these things. So the Bible is teaching us how we should think or the things we should think about. It's, it's really amazing that believers will find it comfortable thinking about somebody insulting them that they are stupid. They'll think about it. You are stupid. Me, stupid. Me. You insult me, you are stupid. If you act... To some, if you react to someone who says you are stupid you are stupid do you understand what I'm saying if you react to somebody who says you are stupid you are stupid you are proving to him you are stupid so don't meditate on it the person says you are a fool are you a fool the wisdom of Christ is in you you cannot be a fool so you ignore him because he is a fool You can't tell me I'm stupid or crazy and expect me to react to you. No, I'm not crazy. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. That's what I think on. He says, think on things that are pure. Things that are of good report. Is foolishness good report? We don't think on them. The one thing means meditate. Give your mind's attention to it. So there are many Christians who give their mind's attention to the wrong stuff. Wrong stuff. So every thought that comes, scan it here. Is it pure? If it's not pure, throw it away. Any dream you have, ask yourself: Is it pure? If it's not pure, throw it away. Is it honest? Is it just? Is it lovely? Is it a good report? You find yourself dancing uh, 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 Adowa in your hometown. Is it of good report? Is traditional report? then you wake up and say hey, Lord, Lord, Lord what is happening, what am I doing in my hometown you will be in your hometown you be there it is not of good report that is not the information about you you are not a child of a fetish priest you are a child of God The DNA of God is in your spirit. They said they married you to a shrine. Which shrine? Your body itself is God's shrine. What are you talking about? Hey. What report are you believing? And what report are you thinking of? Because your thought process really matters. What you give your attention to matters. Is it sinking? Yes. Are you sure it's sinking? Yes. First Corinthians 13, 11. Look, he says, when I was a child, I speak as a child. So how do you know who a spiritual baby is? By his words. I spoke as a child. Number two, I understood as a child. How do you know a spiritual baby? By his understanding. And I taught as a child. How do you know who a child is? By his thinking. Thinking. Listen. You need to understand this. You can meet a 60 year old Christian. Who is still a spiritual baby. Did you hear what I just said? You can meet a 60 year old believer. Who is a spiritual babe. And you can meet a 12 year old believer. Who is spiritually mature. So the fact that this guy is 60 years old does not mean you should listen to him. If he's preaching nonsense, let him know he's preaching nonsense. You didn't get what I'm saying? So many people think that the ages of men prove their spiritual maturity. You assume you yami 40 years, but all the 40 years is jargons. All the 50 years of serving yami is ignorance. You didn't get what I'm saying. So many Christians easily get moved because somebody has served God for a long time. In the New Testament, when you see an elder, an elder is not one who, is, who has gray beard. An elder is one who is of age in the scriptures. He has understood who he is in Christ. He has understood salvation. He has understood the realities of redemption. That's an elder. He can handle spiritual situations. That's an elder. But of course, in 1 Timothy chapter 5, the verse 1, the Bible says, respect elders. That one they need it. The elders they're talking about those who have grown. Treat them as fathers. But treating them as fathers does not mean that listen to their doctrine if it's not consistent with the Christ's message. Praise the Lord. Second Timothy, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, the verse 3. Are you following this? He says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not walk after the flesh. Uh Uh-huh. He says, for the weapons of our warfare are not canal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Look at the next verse. Very key. He says, casting down what? Imaginations. Imaginations is a function of the mind. He says, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Look at the next one. Knowledge of God. The third one, and bringing bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, there are three things I need you to note there. The first one is imaginations. The second one is knowledge of God. The third one is thoughts. That's the warfare. The warfare is number one in imagination. There are many Christians who just allow anything in their minds. The word imagination is from the word which we have image. A dream is an image. A vision is an image. A conversation can create an image in your life. It says, casting down imagination. It doesn't matter how many times those imaginations come. You need to cast them down. And every high thing that exalts itself. So there are things that will come to your life that seems to exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Any thought that exalts itself above God's knowledge in your life must be treated violently did you hear this bringing into captivity every thought what is captivity prison put every thought that is not consistent with Christ into prison my mind is stayed on the Lord hallelujah I have an understanding. Come on, shout. I have an understanding. I have an understanding. I have an understanding. Glory. First Timothy chapter 4, the verse 1. Now look at this. Now I want us to read together. One to go. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. Giving heed to seducing spirit and doctrines of devils. Now, the verse 2. One, two, go. Speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with hot iron. The verse 3. One, two, go. Forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God has created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and. Next verse one, to go. For every creature of God is good. Ah, uh, ah, uh, hold on. He says commanding, uh, forbidding uh, them to abstain, uh, commanding them to abstain from meats which is created to be received with thanksgiving. Ah. Uh, I thought food is food. Now, the Bible is telling us how we receive food. Come back to the verse 3 and see for yourself. I believe this teaching will help you. He says, now, the verse one. Look, he says, now the spirit express, speaketh expressly, that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith. Now, the word the faith there is not your faith for salvation. The word the faith there is the content of salvation. The content of salvation is Christ. He's the message. So, he's saying some shall depart from the message because the message is the faith. It is out of that message that we have faith.'" So, he's saying the faith, which is the message of Christ. Some shall depart from it. How? Giving heed. The word heed is attention. Giving your mind to. Giving your mind to. Giving your attention to seducing spirits. Now, what is seduction? Being compelled to do something you don't want to do. He says, so they are seducing spirit. Now, what is their purpose? He says this, giving it to seducing spirit. What are the seducing spirit? The word and there is that is so that is doctrines of devils. So there are doctrines of devils that sound like Christ. Next verse, he says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience here with hot iron. Uh huh. He says, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meats which God has created to be what? Received. So anytime food is on your table, you received it from God. It must be your mentality. Listen, the reason why I want to treat this very seriously is because food is killing people and food has killed people. Do you hear what I said? Food is killing what? People and food has killed people. High cholesterol is from food. Diabetes, food. Cancer, food. The last time, a butcher, a butcher himself came out and said, there are times when they are cutting the cow meat. They see cancer in the cow meat, yet they cut it and mix it and sell it. Can you imagine the wickedness of men? Today, they use fertilizers to fertilize foods. That are not yet ripe. And they break it for us to eat. Can you imagine the wickedness of men? They call it GM products. Genetically manufactured products. That means they didn't come from natural. It was created. So the tomato didn't come from the earth. They put genes together. So things that are not natural. And they import it to Africa. And we are the test tubes. So, if you don't have revelation, revelation concerning your food, you die like a goat. You didn't hear me well. So we listen. We don't handle food physically. We handle food spiritually. Now, this is very key. You know, one of the things that believers overlook is food. But I'm telling you, treat food spiritually, because food can kill. Is someone here? What I'm saying. Treat food spiritually. Believers don't care. Once they have food and they are hungry, they just put their hands into the food. He says, Commanding to abstain from meat, which God has created to be received. So there is a way you receive your food with thanksgiving. He's saying that you might buy the food with your money, but thank God as though God was the one who gave you the food. Of them which believe and know the truth. Next verse. For every creature of God is. So, you might say meat is very bad, but to you, it is very good. So, your perception about the food you are eating matters. I'm not saying eat every food in excess, but I'm saying that eat with understanding. Can you imagine even Revelation influences the food you eat? There are many Christians, they are, they are spiritual unto the seafood. They are spiritual unto the seafood. When they see food, they enter into the flesh. Because food is food. To the Christian, food is no food. Food is God's gift. Did you understand what I'm saying? Food is what? God's gift. And we receive it with thanksgiving. Hmm. By them, you see, look, come to the verse 4. For every creature of God is good and nothing is to be refused if it is received with. So he tells you how to receive food with You see, many don't apply thanksgiving on their food. Because the thing is something something simple that they are still eating. You know the amount of sugar in coke. If you don't handle coke spiritually, you, you know the amount of fat in pork. If you don't receive it with thanksgiving. Hey! Look at the next verse. For it is Do you know your food can be sanctified? You see, many don't know this. They treat food as something normal. Yet food is killing people. Majority of the sicknesses people have today is food. I'm telling you. But the Bible teaches us how to get our food sanctified. The word "sanctify" means to make holy and clean and purified. A believer can purify his food. You know the meaning of prayer It means he will neutralize it. The effect in the food will not harm his body. For it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. What is the word of God? Every creature is is of God. And it is good. That is the word of God. What is the prayer? Father, I thank you for giving me food to eat. Father, in Jesus' name, I declare this food sanctified because you created it and I received it. That's how you provide your food. (laughs) Of course, I didn't say use your food time for a prayer meeting. So Mr. Sam has clarified it already. For it is sanctified, made holy, purified, neutralized. By what? By what? The word of God and prayer. So we can use the word of God to neutralize our food. Did you hear that? No, this is very key. Praise God. So, learn to stretch forth your hands on your food and bless your food. How? With thanksgiving. with thanksgiving. Tell somebody with thanksgiving. When was the last time you prayed in tongues over your food? You see, because it is simple food. But you speak in tongues over witches. It is sanctified by what? The word of God and prayer. Now, the verse 6 is too shocking. When I, I laugh, sir, look. He says, if thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus. <laughs> wow. Can you imagine? Thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus. If you put remem- he said, if you put the believers in remembrance of this, nourished up in the words of faith. In other words, we use faith to eat, we eat by faith. You can be eating meat, yet you see the meat as vegetables. You know, it might seem like a joke, but I'm telling you seriously. Now, why is it I believe uh, 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 somebody who eats food, then the next morning his stomach. And he has a stomach issue. He has food poison. How can food poison someone's stomach? That tells you food is not ordinary. So don't treat food ordinarily. The, I, I know someone who ate food the next morning he died. I'm telling you. So if what you take in, it's not neutralized; it can be harmful. I know somebody who said, he, in the beginning of the year, he prayed over all his food from January to December. He has already sanctified it from January to December in advance. Father, I sanctify all my food. What a prayer! Canality and kasanye prayer. This <laughs> is nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine. Hey! Where unto thou hast attained. Final scripture. In fact, that scripture is the message itself. Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. That scripture is the message itself, which I didn't get to, but it's well. Look. He says, If then, if ye then be raised with Christ. You can replace the word if with sins. Since ye then be raised with Christ or risen with Christ. You see, many Christians don't think from the resurrection perspective since ye then be raised now why is Paul, uh, Paul concluding from since ye then be raised that means he has shared something with them already now look at Colossians chapter 2 the, the chapter before Colossians 2 the verse 11 now look at what the Bible says Colossians 2 11. look he says in whom also ye are circumcised so the believer has been circumcised we need to understand that there is physical circumcision and a spiritual circumcision Physical circumcision is the cutting off of the flesh. Spiritual circumcision is the cutting off of the old man. So look, he says, In whom also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands. In putting off of the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Christ himself did the cutting. He cut off your flesh, your old man, the sin nature. He cut it off. That was your spiritual circumcision. And he explained it further in the next verse, the verse 12. He says, buried with him in baptism. Now he quickly trans, uh, transforms circumcision into baptism. So he calls circumcision baptism. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye are risen. Uh uh-uh. uh. He tells you when Jesus died, what happened to you? You died. When he was buried, you were buried with him in baptism. When he, was raised, you were? Uh-uh. when he was raised, you were. When he was raised, you were. When he was raised, personalizes. When he was raised, I was raised. Hmm. I'm raised. Uh. Uh-uh. Are you sure you are aware of this? When he was raised. In Gal- don't move there. Galatians 2.20, it says, I am crucified with Christ. It tells you the crucifixion of Jesus was not a, crucif- a crucifixion of one man. He says, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. Therefore, the life that I live by the flesh, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God who loved me and gave his life for me. So in the New Testament, we don't give our life to Christ. hear yeah, believers says, I gave my life to Christ to, uh, in 1975. You can't give your life to Christ. In Ephesians 2, the verse 1, the Bible says, you were dead in trespasses and sins. So you were dead. How can you give a dead thing to God? You didn't have life. You were spiritually dead. So you can't give your life to Christ in salvation. Christ gives his life to you. You can only give your life to Christ after salvation. Are you seeing that? So the life you receive from Christ is what you give to him. So we don't give our life to Christ in salvation but we give our life to Christ after salvation. Are you seeing that? Good. So he says, Buried with him in baptism wherein also you are raised with him through faith of the oppression of God. So who did the operation of your resurrection? God. Can you imagine? God was the operator of my resurrection and my union with Christ who had raised him from the dead. Look at verse 13. He says, And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, had he quickened together with him, having forgiven all your trespasses. That means the resurrection of Jesus was my forgiveness. Not when I confessed. His resurrection was my forgiveness. He says he had quickened together with him having forgiven. So his resurrection was my forgiveness. When I was quickening with Christ, I was forgiven. Are you seeing that? Now the Bible has told us that we are raised together with Christ, right? Good. Now come to Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Now he's building from this foundation. He says since ye be risen with Christ. Seek those things which are above, where Christ seated on the right hand of God. He's not saying that seek those things that are in heaven. He says seek those things that are above. The word above, they don't think of heaven as a country. The word above means that which is not of the earth. In other words, think on throne room realities realities that are not earth-based or earth-bound. In other words, the realities you think on are realities that are not of this realm. Now, let me read from Mirror translation. First of all, give me message translation. Now, look at this. He says, if you are serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, act like it. He says, pursue the things over which Christ presides. Next verse. He says, don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. see things from his perspective. Now, we look at uh, mirror Translation. He says, see yourselves co-raised with Christ. Now ponder with persuasion the consequence of your co-inclusion in him. Relocate yourselves mentally. Engage your thoughts with throne room realities. Where you are co-seated with Christ in the executive authority of God's right hand look at the verse 2 he says becoming affectionately acquainted with throne room thoughts will keep you from being distracted again by the earthly realm this is amazing now I want to read from Passion Translation Passion Translation says Christ's resurrection is your resurrection too This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. For that's where Christ sits, enthroned in the place of power, honor, and authority. Yes, feast on all the treasures of the heavenly realm and fill your thoughts with heavenly realities and not with distractions of the natural realm. This is amazing. He says, seeing then that you'll be raised with Christ. In other words, the first thing you must know before focusing on throne realities is that you were raised with Christ. When you were raised, you were seated with Christ. So when he's saying that fix your mind on throne realities, he's saying that let your thoughts be on where you are in Christ. I'm not an ordinary man. That's throne room realities. Christ lives in me. You know, there are many Christians who hear these things. Christ is in me. They also say Christ is in me. When they leave, they forget. They go along with that revelation. He says fix your thoughts with throne room realities. They become your gaze. We look at it. Listen, when you fix your thoughts on throne room realities, there are sometimes you might have experiences that are not consistent with it. The Bible says fix your thoughts on them. Fix your thoughts on them. I'm cleansed from all idols. That's throne room realities. You might have a dream that is inconsistent with this reality. He says fix your thoughts on it. I'm born of God. I'm the righteousness of God. I'm a new creation. The Holy Ghost lives in me. I live in the spirit. And the spirit lives in me. I am not in the flesh. I'm in the spirit. The glory of Christ is in me. The same resurrection power is the same resurrection power at work in me in the spirit of him that raised Christ from the dead then that same spirit will quicken my mortal body I live the life of glory I live the life of beauty my mind is stayed on the Lord I think on throne room realities I'm consistent with the scriptures my mind is stayed on the lord my mind is focused on jesus my mind is stayed on the lord his glory is my glory his power is my power his favor is my favor his grace is my grace his glory is my glory his power is my power his victory is my victory what cannot happen to jesus cannot happen to me i can die i don't die i will not die i don't die let me lift your voice and begin to speak in the spirit right now come on lift your voice and speak in the spirit